Good morning. So glad that you're able to join us for church online today. Uh, what a wonderful thing it is that we still get to gather, even as crazy it is that we're all separate. I'm so glad that we get to have this avenue. I'm so thankful that God's still moving and God's still working. And so I just want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for being a part of this journey with us. And as we continue to navigate this, I'm just so thankful for the church that we have. We love you guys. And we're praying for you. And we're going to continue on in our series on Acts uh, this morning. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3. But just a quick catch up for anyone who maybe popped in or maybe has only heard one of the weeks so far. I'm going to try and catch you up just really briefly. Basically what happens was... Jesus was crucified. He rose from the dead. He came back and revealed himself to his disciples uh, and to some different people. People started getting excited again. Jesus went back to Peter. Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times. He went back to him and he restored relationship with Peter. And then he kind of put Peter in charge of the church. Then what took place is that Jesus ascended into heaven. And when he told them, he said, you disciples, before he ascended up, he said, you will be the, my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And he ascends up. And then now the disciples are waiting for this, uh, the Holy Spirit that God promised to give them when Jesus left. And so they're waiting. Uh, they go to this upper room and they're all praying. And then the Holy Spirit descends on them like pillars of fire. They start speaking in different languages. And then Peter gives his first sermon to this crowd. People are changed. It's like this crazy thing. And uh, then there's like all these new believers that are coming to Christ uh, and coming to faith. And so they start like meeting in each other's homes and going to the temple together and breaking bread. And they had this generous heart for one another. Um, it was like this amazing picture. And we see biblically the spread of the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, um, and I, you can, we know that that happened because it's still happening today. We know that the gospel spread in many areas because you're there sitting and I'm here. The, the gospel is still moving and it, it reached the entire globe. And so what we're going to focus in on in Acts is that specific church in Jerusalem. And as it spreads out and the amazing, marvelous things that God did in his disciples, that in Acts we see this transfer um, uh, this transfer of talking about Jesus' power, and now it's talking about the power of God in his people. And so it's this really neat book, and we're going to be on chapter 3 after that stuff took place. And now uh, we see Peter and John, and they're walking to the temple. They're going to do some of their daily practice stuff that we saw in the end of chapter 2, where they said daily they went to the temple, they broke bread in each other's homes. And so they're on their way to the temple, just doing their normal routine. And um, this is where they encounter this uh, beggar. And so that's where we're going to be at this morning. So if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 3. Otherwise, you can click the button uh, right in the church online, the Bible, it can pop up. Feel free to chat in the notes uh, or in the chat. Uh, engage with this service. Engage with this text. It's rich. It's awesome. So we're going to chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people 
going into the temple. So here we find this beggar under this beautiful gate the author Luke writes about. He was born into brokenness. He was born crippled. This guy didn't just have like uh, some leg cramps and needed to kick back some Gatorade and get put back in the game. This guy was down for the count. He had never been able to walk. He was lame uh, and crippled for life. And he was born into this brokenness, into this broken state. He couldn't carry himself where he wanted to go. He could never carry himself to a job, carry himself to a wonderful life. He had to be carried by other people and to be set down at the same place every day and looking at and begging from the same people. Every day, this beggar woke up into brokenness and he was carried by the same people. And he was uh, placed at the same spot, begging from the same people each day. And I can only imagine what this guy was thinking. I can only imagine that o over time, his hope for his future had to begin to wane. And I can only imagine this guy's hope that anything would ever change in his life had to begin to fade. And he's at this temple, and the temple should have been a place of healing and comfort for many. And he was under this beautiful gate, which was adorned and was full of gold and silver. Um, and this man had no ability whatsoever to rescue himself from his own situation. He had no ability to change his own cycle of brokenness in his life. This guy needed a miracle. This guy had never walked. But what I love about this story is that we see God's heart for suffering people. And we see that God cares about people who no one else sees. We see that God cares those that no one else may care about. That God loves the unlovable. He reaches the unreachable. And then things for this guy is about to change. Because God's people, Peter and John, walk up into this man's situation. Peter and John show up right as this man is being sat back down and he begins to beg of Peter and John. The Bible says that he looked at them expecting something, something from them. And Peter said something that was just crazy to this man's ears. So let's look in verse 3. When he saw Peter, talking about the beggar, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money, just like he did everyone else. Please, would you, would you spare me some money to help me get through my, my daily life? And Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. Look at us. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever walk, walked downtown Spokane or you've walked into some certain areas around our country that have lots of begging people, how many times do not only do you acknowledge some of these people who are super suffering, but have you ever like looked down and got right up close to someone's face and been like, look at me, look right here. Like that's just something we don't do. That would be weird. But here's Peter and he says, look at us. Exclamation point is right there. The, man, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting money. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Peter does this amazing thing. He shows up into this crowded market. 
And he says, I don't have silver or gold. I don't got cash for you today. But what I do have, I'll give you. And let's put this in our own context. I mean, think of, have you ever been in a situation with a friend or a family member and they're going through something really difficult? Like maybe it's a, even a tragedy. Someone gets diagnosed with cancer. Someone loses a job and maybe they're gonna foreclose on their house. Or, you know, something, someone dies. Like, have you ever been with a friend, family member, something like that where you're just, there's this tragedy that takes place and you don't have the answers for them? And you're like, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? Something's tragic happening. I don't know what to do. And Peter doesn't have all the answers for this guy. You know, he's probably, he's been begging there for who knows how many years. But he does have Jesus. And you know, think about this time right now. That there's, there's so much uncertainty going on with the, the coronavirus. People have lost their jobs. There is real legitimate fear in many people's lives. There's loneliness, there's sickness, there's people dying in our city because of this. And sometimes we sit with others who maybe have uh, uh, intense levels of anxiety or, or we're trying to parent children that are freaking out on us or whatever's going on. And sometimes we don't know what to say when we're in those moments of deep sorrow or tragedy. And you know, a lot of times we don't have anything to offer, but what you can give, what you do have, you don't have to have all the answers or the solutions. You just have to give Jesus. Just be there. Be present in people's lives. For those who are dealing with you know, loss of jobs, you could just be present with someone and, and pray and, and say that you know, God's going to be faithful, that you can give Jesus to others during this time. And Peter, it seems like there's almost like this sense of urgency for this guy. And who knows why? You know, maybe it was because he really wanted to continue to see God moving in powerful ways. But in verse 7, it says, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking... Then leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with Peter and John. I mean, think of this. This guy had probably never been inside the temple. He sat outside the temple his entire life. And here in this moment, not only was he healed his legs, he went into this temple for the very first time. And I love that it says that he was walking and then he was leaping and he was praising God for this. And think about your own life. You know, has God ever answered a prayer of yours, whether it be a big prayer or a small prayer? You know, uh, whether it be you lost your set of keys and it was driving you insane, looking all over your house and it finally dawned on you like, well, I guess I'll just pray to God, Lord, help me find my keys. And then lo and behold, there were your keys. That's happened to me many times, by the way, before. But Maybe a small prayer, and then you walk out the door and you're like, thank you, Jesus, or a big prayer. Maybe there's physical healing or, or a big change in your life where God provided in a way that was super unexpected. You know, if God's ever answered a prayer in your life, don't you kind of feel like this guy a little bit? I mean, probably for most of us, we weren't crippled and then walking and jumping, but 
for when God does answer his prayers, it makes you want to leap and praise God. And you come into church. I can think of many times being at camps with, with high school students or college students and seeing God do these amazing things in their life. And then they're like leaping and they're in, they have so much joy and they're praising God that when God works, it brings up joy in our heart. It turns our, our, our uh, sorrow and our mourning into dancing. And I love the fact that this is the picture that we see because that's exactly how I would act. I'd be skipping and leaping all through their prayer service. And, and then it says, all the people saw him on verse 9, walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, <coughs> they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. I mean, just get that picture. That They're here in this beautiful temple in Solomon's Colonnade, which was this outer court of the temple that had the shaded areas on hot days that people would gather under. This is where Jesus taught himself. And you see Peter and John, the two men who had walked with Jesus, all these people hustling and bustling about. They saw that this man was jumping and leaping and praising God, and there he is holding tightly, probably weeping with tears of joy to Peter and John. And they're just like astounded that this took place, that this miracle, what took place, it points upward to God's authentication of Jesus' power that resides in you and me and in the disciples here. And you know what? Just quick side note that, you know, physical he healing uh, appears frequently in the New Testament. Obviously, Jesus healed many people, and we see the acts of the apostles uh, that healings took place as well. And these miracles and this miracle specifically shows how God feels about suffering in the world and what he's doing about it um, and what he says uh, to us in our own suffering. And he shows us and he shows the church what our mission is in the world, which is to bring healing and restoration to people's body, mind, soul, and spirit back uh, into wholeness between us and God. And healing has always been God's plan, not suffering, not pain or sickness. We do experience pain in living in this broken, sinful, and fallen world, though. And healing sometimes, if you pray for it, comes instantaneously. Healing sometimes comes in waves and installments over time. Sometimes God uses medicine or doctors or other uh, medical practitioners. And sometimes healing uh, waits for its full completion until heaven. And while we don't have all the answers of which order or why things take place, what we do know is that God's plan is to heal us in a broken world. Jesus has the power to change your life today. Jesus has the power to change your circumstances today. And while it might not uh, be in our perfect timing, that still is present today. And you know what? I just think that right now, some of you are going through really dark periods of time. And that can look like a whole wide range of things. But I just know that in the midst of the darkest periods of time, whether that be physical brokenness mental brokenness, disease, spiritual anguish, that in the darkest of times, Christ shines the brightest, that he is there with you, that when we place our faith and our trust and our hope in him, Christ's light shines the brightest in the midst of our darkest of places.
So where do you need a miracle, big or small? What area of your life? Where is your heart at? Where's your mind at? What, where do you need a miracle to take place? All right, as we move on to verse 12, it says, you know, you have that picture of everyone's in Solomon's colonnade outside. And there's this beggar that's just clinging to Peter and John, just so full of joy. All these people astounded. They've walked by this guy every single day. And here he is walking and praising God. And Peter saw his opportunity. Now, if you have a pencil or you got a, a highlighter, highlight that word opportunity. And he addressed the crowd. And Peter saw this as an opportunity, not only to see this man's life healed and changed, but he saw this as an opportunity for many more people to experience the, uh, the power of Jesus Christ. And he, and he addressed the crowd. This was Peter's second sermon after Jesus ascended into heaven. And he said, people of Israel, what is so surprising? What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. Peter's like, what's so crazy about this? Why are you staring at me? And what was crazy to these people in this time wasn't crazy to Peter, Peter or John because they had walked with Jesus. Every single day was crazy with walking with Jesus. But these people were astounded and they're like, uh, what's so marvelous about this is that guy was broken and crippled and now he's jumping and uh, skipping through the temple. And so he's like, why are you looking at us like we had anything to do with it? it was, this was all God's doing. And then they go on, this is the same Jesus that you handed over to and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. Look at verse 15. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we, uh, and we are witnesses of this fact. And here's verse 16, underline this verse right here. Through faith in the name of Jesus... This man was healed, and, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Your faith, just like Peter and John's faith and this beggar's man's faith, it was faith in Jesus' name that healed him before everyone's eyes. And your faith can produce miracles in other people's lives. I don't know if you know that, but if you extend your faith, praying for other people's circumstance and their situation, it can produce miracles in other people's lives. God can use your faith in other people and in your own. Don't give up. Even though maybe many people around you might give up, you do not give up. Your faith matters. Peter takes the beggar's expectation for money, gold, and silver, and what he does is he attaches it to Jesus. Your expectation is not in the gold or silver, which you have begged for your whole life. Your expectation should be in Jesus, the one who can bring you real, true, and everlasting healing and wholeness for your body. And Peter is also engaging his expectation here. Well, what if, think about it this way, what if this man doesn't get healed? What if he's there, it's in this crowded public area, and nothing happens? And he reaches down and he says, get up in the name of Jesus, and he pulls him up and he falls over, this crippled man. What then? Peter was appointed the head of the church, 
And if this, the first time he goes into public and he's going to heal someone and they don't get healed, what are the thoughts that would take place in Peter's mind? We know that Peter was kind of ADD and scatterbrained and had all kinds of thoughts, right? And what happens, what would he think that other people might think about him? He might think that, okay, I'm the head of the church. Maybe other people think, well, maybe uh, Peter shouldn't be the head of the church. Maybe James should be the head of the church. He's doing this in this crowded public market. If he doesn't get healed, everyone will see and doubt me and doubt Jesus. He had to put himself out there is what Peter did. And you know, this is why we don't expect sometimes. Because if we expect, we might get let down. And if we have expectation for God and for Jesus in the midst of our circumstances, if we all of a sudden rise our hopes up and expect, those thoughts of, well, what if I pray or I, I believe and have faith and I get let down? Even with the possibility of our, our prayers not being answered in the way we thought, never let your hopes down. Always keep your hopes up. Keep believing. Keep asking for more. Keep putting out your goals and your dreams and your visions for your life, for other people, for your future, for your children. Because the God that we serve will never let you down. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is a good and he is a faithful God. He will begin to shift your life into something that you never imagined. God will begin to shift your life into, into a, a complete uh, being hopeful and finding uh, joy in so many areas in, in midst of dark circumstances because we serve the hope of the world. Keep your expectations on Christ. Keep them attached to Jesus because he is the one who will never fail you. And I promise you during this time, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of people suffering, uh, and all the stuff that's going on, Christ will not fail. So what can you begin praying for right now? What area in your life can you begin to exercise your faith and begin expecting God to do amazing things, to pray big prayers? What is it that you can place your hope in Christ in today, right now? I want to encourage you to write that down because I believe as our faith and our hope rises, that is where we will see God do his most amazing work in your life and other people's lives and in our city and around our world, because God is still moving. Just like he said that he, they will be the witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, we see the gospel of Christ still moving around the globe, and God is still moving today. Put your faith in the God who is faithful. Put your faith in Jesus Christ today, that God is still the God of miracles. He is still working, and he's still moving. Let's pray together right now. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. God, thank you for your goodness. Lord, we just, uh, for all of those who are struggling right now or, or have circumstances or are praying for people that are far away from you, God, we just exercise our faith right now. God, we put our expectation in you, not in ourselves. Lord, that we know that you are the one that can cause all miracles to happen. God, and we are believing for great things. God, that you are shifting our doubt into hope. God, that you're shifting um, our, our uh, circumstances that might be super difficult 
uh, into faith-filled joy. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the good things that you're doing. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Place your hope and your faith in Jesus because he will not let you down. I want to encourage you uh, to join us next week uh, for our drive-in service. It is going to be amazing. Bring the family. Uh, we're going to have a fun time at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Love you. Praying for you. We'll see you next week. for your presence If I never known that place How could I have known you are better Thank you for the lonely times Where I learned to live in the silence as the other voices fade And I can hear you calling me Jesus And it's worth it all Just to know you more You've done great things Jesus, your love never fails me my soul will sing, you have done great things. Thank you for the scars I bear. They declare that you are my healer. How could I have seen your strength? If you never show me my weakness. And it's worth it all just to know you more. You've done great things, Jesus. Your love never fails me. My soul will sing. You have done great things. You. Done great things in weakness. You are my victory. My soul will sing. You have done great things. Yeah. Oh. Through the fire and the flood, you have never let me go. My soul will sing. You have done great things. I am weak. You are strong. You will always be my hope. And my soul will sing. You have done great things through the fire and the flood. You have never let me go. And my soul will sing. You have done great things. I am.
have done great things, that you are doing things in the midst of us. Even though we can't see your presence sometimes, even though we can't really feel you close, Lord, we know that you are alive and living and active and you're always near. You are faithful and true, Lord. Lord, so we just ask, Lord, right now, Lord, for the ways that we need it, the ways that we need you to come through, we ask for your power and your presence and your spirit to fill us more and more to quicken our bodies, to activate us in new ways, to give us encouragement, to give us drive, Lord, to know how we can reach out, to know how we can tend to our families and to be a light, Lord, in this dark time, in this dark world, Lord. So we just ask, Lord, come through for us, come through for us. We need your power, we need your presence. We need your presence. Church, let's sing this again. Come on, through the fire. Through the fire and the flood, you have never let me go. With my soul will sing, you have done great things. I am weak, you are strong, you will always be my hope. And my soul will sing, you have done great things. Through the fire and the flood, you have never let me go. With my soul will sing. strong you will always be my hope and my soul will sing you have done great things yeah you know you've done great things you've done great things Jesus your love good things to come. You've never left us or forsaken us. We know your presence and your grace is always there for us, Lord, if we just turn to you. So we turn to you now in this time.
Lord, we ask, Lord, will you lead us, Lord, ahead? Lead us into our future and help us to stay close and abide in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Join us next week at either 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. for our services here at Church Online.